This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Working, the podcast about what people do all day. I'm Jacob Brogan. On this season of Working, we left the East Coast behind and flew to Detroit. We're speaking with eight people who are drawing on the city's complex history as they work to create its future. For our first episode, we sat down with Gwen Jameer, CEO of a company called Naturalicious that makes hair care products for curly-haired women. Before she started Naturalicious, she had worked in Detroit's signature industry, the automotive industry. But we visited with her at a place called Pony Ride, which is a sort of startup incubator for Detroit's entrepreneurs, where people like Jameer are trying to create new businesses, new industries for Detroit. She tells us about how she got started and how her business has grown. She also leads us through the process of making and selling her specialized line of products. And she tells us about her relationship to her ideal imagined customer, the great Shonda Rhimes. And, of course, she explains how her business fits into the changing Detroit landscape that she's a part of. Then, in a Slate Plus Extra, Jameer goes into what she does when she's not working, explaining how she creates space for vacation and travel. If you're a member, enjoy bonus segments and interview transcripts from working, plus other great podcast exclusives. Start your two-week free trial at slate.com slash working plus. What is your name and what do you do? My name is Gwen Jameer and I am the CEO and founder of Naturalicious. What is Naturalicious? Naturalicious is a beauty company. We focus on skincare and hair care. Most of our products are hair care products. So we started out as a company that focused on creating hair care products for women, specifically with curly hair, that save them time. Mm. So what we found is that the majority of women who have any sort of textured hair, whether it's curly, coily, kinky, or wavy, basically anything other than straight, are spending lots of time, more time than they would like, on their hair. Um, If you have a more kinkier, coarser hair texture, you can easily spend anywhere from three to four hours on quote-unquote what we call wash day. Mm. If you have more of a silkier, wavier hair texture, um, you might spend maybe like an hour and a half on your hair. I have a really ignorant question, which is, why does it take that long? What, what, well, what's the complication that's normally? A, that's not a ignorant question at all. That's actually a really great question. Um, so the thing is that, scientifically speaking... For the listener, I have straight, short, easy hair. Yeah, exactly. So when you have straight hair, it's easy. It's not a whole lot you got to do to it. Um, you don't necessarily have to moisturize it. It doesn't really get dry too much. Because scientifically speaking, we all secrete something called sebum. Sebum is the natural oils that our, our scalp secretes. So when you have straight hair, the sebum has the ability to travel all the way down the hair shaft. 
and it moisturizes it keeps it you know nice and all that stuff when your hair is has any sort of wave or curl or coil to it the sebum actually dries up before it gets to the ends mm. so your hair tends to be more drier and so therefore it takes longer because you've got to do a lot more work to your hair to make it look nice and feel nice and all that you've got to moisturize it you need to do hot oil treatments you need to deep condition you need to you know moisturize again seal it with a natural oil. there's a lot of work that goes into it um and most guys have short hair and so they don't usually get it um or people who have straight hair they're, they're like why does it take so long you know so it's a very valid question but my customer tends to be a woman who is either a relatively high-powered executive or someone who is an entrepreneur or someone who's just very, very busy in her day. And her life doesn't revolve around her beauty, although it's very imperative for her that she does look good. And so there's the, there's the rub, right? So it's like, okay, I need to spend all this time on my hair, but I really don't have the time to spend all this time on my hair. So what do I do? And when I created the product line, there was nothing that solved that pain point. Um, and people just kind of took it as a status quo that, hey, I got to spend forever on my hair. And so I came up with this system. It's a three-step system. It does the work of 12 different products. So what we've done is combined several steps into only three. So instead of three to four hours for a more coarse hair woman, it'll take her less than an hour. For someone who has more wavy or curly hair, they may on average take about an hour. It's going to take them about 15 minutes. Wow. How did you get started, though? I mean, you don't... I mean. It's one thing, I assume, to, to have an idea for a hair care product that's going to save people time. And a totally different thing to be manufacturing and selling it. What, what was the, the process of, of getting from conception to execution? Sure. Well, I started it solely out of necessity. It was a very organic process. I was um, laid off from my job about 30 days before my divorce was final. And I had $32 in the bank. And I was just like, you know what? I'm so tired of having to apply for jobs and you know all that stuff. And I was just like, I'm done working for other people. Mm. And I took my little $32 and I said, I had this little you know hobby at my home where I was making hair products. So you'd already been making. I had your already own hair kind products. of. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the idea for it actually came from when I was pregnant with my son. And I realized I didn't have the luxury anymore of spending hours on my hair because babies kind of don't care, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you need three to four hours to deal with your hair. And so um, it was my brainchild to figure out, OK, how do I combine all these steps so that I can save time and get my hair done during his nap time, which is sure. about an hour. And so fast forward a few months, I'm going through a divorce. I'm laid off from my job and I don't want to work for anybody else anymore. And so I would take my little formulation that I had and I would go to the farmer's markets um, here in Detroit, we have something called Eastern Market. Which is and this huge market with mostly food vendors. Mostly right? food vendors, yes, yep, yep. But what was nice about it was there were very few beauty product vendors, hmm. so I kind of stood out. And um, that helped a lot. So I would basically take whatever money I had made, funnel that back into the business, use the rest of the money to pay my bills, and then keep doing that for a while. How long were you doing that for? I would say I did that for just a few months, maybe like four months. And basically it was just my way of paying my bills, getting through the divorce process, keeping my son and myself afloat until I ended up finding out that Whole Foods was opening in Detroit. And I thought to myself, well, what if I could get into Whole Foods? Hmm. Well, who am I to think that I can actually get? I mean, I have no customers. My, my, my mom is my biggest customer at this point, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and my packaging looks pretty horrible at that time. And so, but I said, you know what? The worst they can say is no. So let me just try, you know? So I called around, got the runaround for a little while, finally got in touch with the right person. 
and set up a meeting and long story short ended up getting the purchase order in that meeting wow with so this is like your four or five six months out of having first started trying to sell the product exactly yep so i lost my job may 4th of 2013 Mm -hmm. and we were on the whole Foods shelves june 5th wow so it, was, it seems fast, but in the <laughs> that, moment, that is fast. <laughs> it is, but in the moment, it seemed forever because right. I have no money, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I still got to pay my mortgage in the meantime, you know, and I still have this this two year old at the time to feed. So, um, but it was only one store; it wasn't like you know nationwide or anything. Mm-hmm. And so they brought us into that one store. We did really well. Um, then they kept you know adding stores on, and we've been with Whole Foods ever since. So. And is that the main place where you sell your product now? That's the main place that people know. So no matter where you are in the country, even if it's international, sometimes you know the name Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. We're in about 2,500 other stores Mm -hmm. around the country, mostly independent beauty supply stores. Mm -hmm. But everyone knows Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. So we're actually in more independent beauty supply stores than Whole Foods. But we always just say Whole Foods because everybody knows it. When you first started out, you were mixing these products, I don't know, in your kitchen sink? Yes. Uh, counter <laughs> on your kitchen counter yes. all right in the kitchen one way or another yes uh is that still what you do i mean i'm not on a kitchen counter sure. anymore i assume but are, are you still mixing and making the the actual product itself so i'm actually not mixing and making it myself anymore mm-hmm. i do have a team who works with me at um, pony ride where we're based okay um they're amazing what we do is that we hire special needs workers to work on our production line. Mm. And so that was my way of having like a social impact to my business. I always feel like whatever you do, you need to be able to give back. And so what I found out was that a huge percentage, almost 90% of employable people with special needs actually are unemployed Mm. because companies don't think that they can do the job. And so it was my, my mission to, to bring them here and say, well, I'll give you a job. And they've been with me since we've been in pony ride. And they've been amazing. Um, But they actually, there's a supervisor who um, kind of oversees them. And so they mix and bottle all the products now. I don't personally do it anymore. And that all happens in Pony Ride where we are now? That all happens in Pony Ride. Where we're sitting right now. Where we're sitting right now. (laughs) Are they still using those recipes that that you developed for yourself originally? They are. They they use the recipes and they mix it and make it. Um, They do a great job. I mean... They do everything by hand, and I'm really so grateful to have them because it's having them and having a team to do that has allowed me to work more on vision and strategy for the company. So for you as a small business owner doing manufacturing here in Detroit, what what is a typical day like? Is, is there such a thing? Yes and no. Okay. So I know for sure Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, my team is going to be here mm-hmm. at Pony Ride. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, the um, team who ships our orders out is going to be here. So that kind of has some some sort of you know normalcy to it. Other than that, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a mom as well um, to a six-year-old wonder kid. And he is in so many different activities. Like, I feel like my schedule has to evolve around him. So he's in kindergarten, obviously. He's in swimming. He's in, he takes Chinese lessons. He's in piano. He now wants to play a sport. And it's like I'm always trying to make sure that my schedule works so that he can do what he needs to or wants to do. Um, so in that sense, my, my day is never the same. Nowadays, I try to spend my time working on the vision and marketing campaigns and that sort of thing for the company. My background is actually in marketing and advertising. Prior to starting Naturalicious, I was actually the global digital 
marketing manager for Ford Motor Company. Mm -hmm. And so I have a very strong background in that. And so that's really what I thrive in and what I like to do. I like making the stuff as well, but you can't grow a business working in the day to day. Not the best use of your time. No, not the best use of my time at all. Yeah. From where I'm sitting right now, I can see big old jugs of aloe vera and grapeseed oil, five gallon buckets of something, (laughs) (laughs) big, big white five gallon buckets. Is inventory an important part of your process? It is. I mean, if there's no raw materials here or packaging, they can't make stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I still have to pay for you to be here if you don't have anything to do. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's vital that we have inventory, raw materials, appropriate levels of packaging and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we're actually going through, one of the exercises we're going through right now is kind of streamlining our whole process. Um, we actually just moved a lot of stuff around. So this table that we're sitting at right now is more or less in the middle of the room. It was kind of like on the right side of the wall before and the flow of how my team just easily grabbed things and maneuvered in this space was not optimized. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a better flow of how things move around. Mm-hmm. And we kind of took that from the UPS model. Yeah. So if you look at UPS, you know, there's so many small things that they do that add up to huge time savings, right? So the fact that they don't make very many left turns, they only make right turns when they go around, which saves a lot of time and eliminates a lot of accidents. They don't really back up too much um, if they can. Um, even the, the drivers, they, they don't have their, if you look at their keys, their keys are not in their pockets, they're on their pinky finger. So when they drop a package off, all they gotta do is flip it around and get into the, the truck and go on. So you know, multiply that over hundreds of thousands of workers, that's a lot of time that they save, right? So just looking at those models of like my things that seem so minor and figuring out how we can kind of duplicate that here mm-hmm. is great. But to your point about the raw materials, um, we try to keep high levels of things, but I mean, we never know, we're a startup, right? So last year we got a really huge distribution deal and it was far, more units than we had ever shipped before. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going from, you know, ordering, you know, one or two bags of, you know, this and three or four buckets of that to having to order 15 buckets and 25 bags, you know. So that was an inventory thing because some of that stuff doesn't come from Detroit. Some of that stuff comes from Florida. Some of it, I mean, our our oils are all sourced in the country of origin. Mm. So for example, our jojoba oil comes straight from Argentina. Mm -hmm. So now we've got to get 35 gallon buckets of jojoba oil from Argentina in, and we need it in a week, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So sometimes it's a little bit of a, a challenge, but um, we try to do a good job of keeping levels up. Are you also involved with training uh, employees to the process of mixing and making the product? Yes, so anything that needs to be done in terms of training someone I have to do it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So anything that, my whole goal is to eliminate myself from every job other than CEO Mm -hmm. so that I can grow this thing, you know? And so with that said, I have to train people to to be me, to clone myself. So, yes. In that process of cloning yourself, of imprinting your own process, your way of doing things onto your your employees, is there ever a, a moment where you, you realize someone is doing something in a new way that they're that they're uh, introducing some kind of uh, switch up into the process that might actually make things better? Yes. So I think as entrepreneurs, we 
know how we like things to be done. And so the, the challenge is to relinquish control and let someone else do the job for you. And they may not, like you said, do it the way that you do. So what I found is that just in the production space itself here at Pony Ride, um, we've had several changes actually that have been made different than what my process was. And they've been advantageous to the business. They've been advantageous to the employees. It's just been better all around. Um, some of those suggestions and changes have come from the folks who work here themselves. Some of them have come from outside sources like advisors or mentors or what have you. And I think that I'm pretty good at taking what my mother would call eating the cantaloupe and spitting out the seeds. <laughs> so like, you know, taking the good stuff and then spitting out what doesn't work for you. Uh -huh. And so we have this bell right here. If you notice this little bell and we ring that bell. If you've ever seen the intern, the movie um, in the movie Anne Hathaway owns this amazing company and Anytime something good is done, they ring the bell. So whether they save a bunch of money or someone finds a new way to do something, they ring the bell. And so I kind of stole their idea. And so we ring the bell anytime something cool happens that How either saves us. Ring? We probably ring it at least once a day. Nice. Every day. We probably ring right. it. I would say at least in a week, we probably at least ring it three times in a week All at right. minimum. That's a pretty good ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some weeks we ring it every day. You've been listening to Naturalicious CEO Gwen Jamir. After this brief break, she talks about her approach to marketing and explains why she contemplates a life-size cutout of Shonda Rhimes every day. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. So you've figured out a point pain. You figured out a need for a product. You've found a way to solve that need by producing the product itself. How do you market it then? How do you get it to those customers who you've figured out need it or want it? Mm -hmm. Well, one thing in solving the problem is to keep the target customer in mind. So there's a lot of people in the world who buy beauty products. And I realize that not everyone who buys beauty products is my customer, right? We have a, a more of a premium price point. I wouldn't call it a luxury price point. So our shampoo is $23. Mm -hmm. Um, so premium price is probably more like 40, 35, 40. Um, so we're kind of like in the middle. So we're more or less premium as opposed to luxury, but we're also not $5, right? Mm -hmm. So you won't find us in like, say, you know, a, a, like a discount drug mart or something, you know, CVS. Maybe. Yeah. You wouldn't probably find us there. You know, you find us in somewhere more like Whole Foods, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so keeping that customer in mind is so important because it's easy to kind of deviate and feel like it's important to have a greater market share. So therefore you just start marketing to everybody. But when I created this line, I created it specifically for entrepreneurs, high level executives, people who are very, very busy. A lot of them are moms, a lot of them are wives, girlfriends, that kind of thing. And so to my point earlier, they have a strong need to look good because their career requires it possibly, but also their life doesn't revolve around that. They've got bigger things happening in their lives. And so when I'm marketing, I try to 
really, really make sure that I have that person in mind. So in my home office, I actually have a huge picture of Shonda Rhimes. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? Yeah, of okay. course. But huge, why don't you tell our listeners? Yep, huge picture of Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes is the, um, well, she owns a company called Shondaland, but she's the creator of, of Scandal. Um, she's a producer on How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy. She's just this amazing, wonderful woman. And she is the target customer. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are like her, right? So They're I can't busy, say she, but they care exactly. about how they look. Exactly. So she's a boss, literally wow. and figuratively, right? She's a boss. She owns a company, but she's like figuratively a boss because she just runs things, you know? Um, she is a mom. She has two little daughters. Um, she's a single mom, in fact. I mean, probably not the same sense of a single mom as, as other single moms, but nevertheless, she's unmarried. She's She's got kids. Um, and her children, I'm sure, are probably her biggest joy you know they're they're the most important things in her life outside of her work but because she's in the public eye um and just because she's a woman probably also it's important for her to not look like you know who knows what she needs to look good and wants to look good for herself so in my home office I actually have this huge like life-size picture of Shonda Rhimes literally and so when I'm marketing something I say okay would Shonda want this and if Shonda doesn't want it my target customer is not going to want it because Shonda is the customer. It's a lot easier to sell to one person than it is to sell to a lot of people like a certain person. So you always see like people talk about like, you know, the, the target customer and the type of demographics and psychographics that person has. But when you're just like, I'm like, is Shonda into this? Because if Shonda's not into it, then Gwen and Marie and Shelly or whomever else the regular customers are, are probably not going to be into it either. And so that just makes life easier for me. Is this solving a pain for Shonda? <laughs> and if so, how do I get Shonda to know that she needs this? How right? do you get Shonda to know that she needs it? Yeah. So does she know? <laughs> I hope so. No, I don't think she knows yet. We're going to figure out a way. So we're Shonda, if you're it. out there, <laughs> naturallicious.net, call me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so one thing is that um, I try to find out what things other people are using that are similar to mine, but not as good as mine. So, for example, with our best-selling hair product, which is our Moroccan Rasul 5-in-1 clay treatment, Rasul clay comes from the Atlas Mountains of Morocco. It is extremely moisturizing, but it also is a natural detoxifier. So it removes a lot of, like, stuff from your hair while leaving it very soft and silky and that sort of thing. Some other people are using, we're using a product or a, a sort of clay called bentonite clay. Bentonite clay is fine. It does a good job of removing um, toxins. It does a good job of cleaning your hair, but it also leaves it really, really dry sometimes. And so I figure if you like bentonite clay, you're going to love Moroccan Rasul clay, right? So it's like finding a way to work smarter and not harder, right? So instead of just blanketing saying, hey, everybody, um, buy our stuff because it's cool, it's like, okay, Here's something that you already like that's similar. So it's a good chance you're going to love what I have. Is, but is the way of getting to their customers and taking their customers from them to advertise where they're advertising, or is it just to reach out? So Bentonite Clay is, is not a brand. Bentonite Clay is a okay, type of sorry. clay. Yep. So they don't. So Bentonite Clay is think of it similar to I don't know aloe vera juice, right? So like you, it's several brands have aloe vera juice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a raw, it's a raw material, right, essentially. But, but in that case, my question then is, where do you find the customer? If, if you want to tell them, it's very okay, we have this thing that's that's like bentonite clay, mm-hmm. but better. Yep. So in the beginning, what I would do is I would go on Instagram and I would look for hashtags that said bentonite clay or just bentonite. 
And then I would look at their followers. And at the time, I think we had like a thousand followers at that time. So if you had more than me, <laughs> I was okay with sending you a product to try it out. Mm. And so if you said hashtag Ben tonight or what have you, I would then message you. Um, hopefully you had like an email address or a website listed. Cause at that time I don't think they had direct messaging on Instagram. And so I'll find their email address, send them a message and say, Hey, I have this product that's I think better than what you are using. And since you like that, you're probably going to love it. If I send it to you, would you share your experience on YouTube and on Instagram? YouTube is like the second biggest search engine. So if I can get them to share it on YouTube, that's golden for me. Right. And so that was a very grassroots approach um, and that worked really well. And so it's a lot less expensive than running ads and all that sort of thing. And so we still do that actually. Um, we still go on the hunt for people who are using certain hashtags in different places to see if they're using something like hashtag body butter or hashtag conditioner or you know whatever and then sending them our stuff. Now nowadays we have a heck of a lot more followers on Instagram. So we're looking for people who have, you know, 40, 40, 50,000, you know, followers now. Um, Cause it's just more bang for the buck. But you know, a lot of times people now want to get paid and that kind of thing. So that's really kind of how we grassroots do it. Finding out things that they're already using, but that we know is better. Mm -hmm. And then having them share their experience with it. So that's one way that we do marketing. Another thing we do is Facebook ads. Um, there you can target much more specifically. Exactly. And Facebook ads are really great for us also because we can not just target like a type of customer, but we can also target zip code specifically. So if we're like, hey, we're in a new store in Duluth, Georgia or something, who knows, you know, we can say, we can literally post an ad in the zip codes of Duluth, Georgia, maybe add like a coupon to it and say, hey, take this to X, Y, and Z store for, you know, a dollar off or whatever, you know? So it gets people, it drives them to the stores, which also helps us to, continue to sell in these stores. I imagine the stores like that too, because you're it. sending customers to them that they might not have otherwise. Exactly. Stores love it. And then they know, you know, with the coupon, they get a dollar off. So we got to pay the store a dollar, you know, so it's essentially a marketing cost uh, and there's costs with Facebook ads too, but Facebook ads are great. Um, well, if we, you're doing that kind of micro targeting, you can probably get away without paying too much. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of people going to the stores because of that, because it's, it's challenging as a small business to figure out ways to get your customer base to know you're in stores, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're already not in a store in a certain area, we've got to somehow, you know, um, educate the customer that, hey, you don't need to buy this online anymore, you can go to the store. It's beneficial for us. I mean, the margins are less because it's wholesale, but they're buying greater quantities. And mm -hmm. so one of my focuses for the rest of the year is really to continue to build up our wholesale and distribution leg of the business. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've got the website retail stuff pretty on lock. Um, but sending them to those stores is, it can be costly and expensive. I mean, a lot of companies, they run ads and they do billboards and all that stuff. And it's like, why not just run an ad in that exact zip code to that exact customer? I mean, it's really cool what you can do with Facebook ads. I mean, we ran an ad once where we targeted um, women who liked Tracy Ellis Ross, who were fans of Whole Foods um, and who liked, I don't know, it was like three or four different like arbitrary things, but all things that Shonda would like, right? <laughs> and so um, everything revolves around Shonda. You know, we always, <laughs> like even jokingly, like me and my, um, the like I have a team that's more or less virtual. 
so the production team is here, but everybody who does like helps me with marketing and graphics, they're all virtual. And so we have um, biweekly phone calls. And so one of the things that we do when we're talking about marketing, we always say, so how many Shondas do you think we hit this week? You know, <laughs> so it's kind of like this running joke that we have, but it's, it's dead serious. Like that's who the customer is. And so we try to continue to market to Shonda in Duluth, Georgia, in Hollywood, California, like wherever Shonda, quote unquote, may, may reside. People like her. Can you tell us uh, about the original product line that you you created that I, I guess to some extent you're still featuring that main original product line, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, our main product line is called the Hello Gorgeous Hair Care System. So the package comes like this to you. Now we sell our products as a set and we also sell, the, sell them individually. So originally it was never supposed to be sold individually it was always supposed to be sold as a set mm -hmm. but then of course people were like well you know i'm out of step two i need more step two different rates exactly so can i buy step two by itself so then i started to break it out but the idea is that all you need are three things to do everything you could ever need to do for your hair right and so what happens a lot of times is that people become what we call product junkies. And so they have literally, I, I almost call it the, the drawer of shame, right? So it's like the drawer of all the products you've ever tried. Some of them worked, most of them didn't, and they just get tossed into this drawer. Either they get tossed into the drawer in your bathroom, every woman has a drawer of shame in their bathroom, or you gift it to a friend, a product that you hated, you gift it to them, and then they're going to have bad, bad experience with it. So... Our products is these three steps in this system. As you can see, it's steps one, two, and three. We have a purple line, which we call for tight curls and coils. And then we have the pink version, which is for medium to loose curls and waves. So we target two specific types of customers. Quite honestly, the majority of customers with the tight curls and coils line are African-American for the most part. Then we have the medium to loose curls and waves line, which is pretty much almost everybody else. Um, so this sees um, Caucasian women, this sees um, Indian, we have some Asian customers, we even see customers who are Latinas, a lot of them are buying this product line. And so the difference in the two lines is that most, well, let me backtrack, most product lines are one size fits all, right? So no matter what type of hair you have, they say it's for all hair types, and anyone who is used in a product for all hair types knows that most products are not for all hair types. So if you have very fine hair, so your hair's a lot finer than mine, right? So if you use a product that I would use, your hair's gonna be extremely weighed down, <laughs> it's gonna have too much oil in it, and you're gonna look like a greasy mess, right? If I use a product that you use for your hair, it's going to not be strong enough, not strong enough, but heavy enough to moisturize my hair because my hair is naturally very dry, right? So my hair is still gonna be dry, and when you have dry hair, you have breakage, you have brittleness, all the things, split ends, shedding, all the stuff that we hate, right? And so we have those two different lines to serve those two different types of customers. So step one in the line is our Moroccan Rasul 5-in-1 clay treatment. So this is the product that is patented. And this is a shampoo, it's a conditioner, it's a deep conditioner, it's a detangler, and it does the work of a leave-in conditioner all at one time. So if you just think about the process that someone has to go through, Shonda has to go through, for example, <laughs> they have to get into a shower, wet their hair and start to shampoo it, right? So once they shampoo it, they gotta rinse that out, then they gotta put it on a conditioner. 
They got to rinse that out. Then if they're doing what all they're supposed to be doing, they're going to deep condition their hair. They're going to get out the shower, put the product back on, sit under a dryer for like 20 or 30 minutes, get out the shower, rinse that out. Then they got to detangle their hair and then they got to get out after they do that and then put in a leave-in conditioner. That's a lot of work. I mean, quite honestly, the more the drier your hair is and the more coily your hair is, the longer it actually takes to detangle it. So detangling alone can take 45 minutes to an hour alone. Like we even talked about shampooing and all that stuff, right? So this product is 10 minutes or less. For that same long for that process. same amount of pro- for that same amount of time. So on average, even if it doesn't take you a long time to detangle your hair, you may be spending about an hour to an hour and a half, maybe two hours on a really bad day dealing with just this process. For you to go from two hours to ten minutes, like that Shonda quote unquote customer, that's vital to her, right? Because her time is her currency. Like she's she not makes priceless. like three TV shows at once. She needs that exactly. Time. She didn't have time to be spending forever on her hair, right? <laughs> so. Time, again, that Shonda Rhimes sort of customer is the time is her currency. Like she's not price sensitive at all. She has the money to afford what she wants, but she needs something that's going to work for her, work the first time, and it's going to save her time. So that's step one. Step two is our moisture infusion styling cream. So this is a styling cream, a heat protectant, and it's a moisturizer. So heat is very drying. When I say heat, I'm talking about flat irons, blow dryers, that sort of thing. Anything that's directly touching your hair and involves heat, it dries your hair out. If you already have dry hair, the last thing you want is for it to be even drier, right? So this is what you need. You need a moisturizer that's going to really penetrate your hair shaft, really moisturize it, really get in there and keep your hair from breaking, being brittle and all that stuff. So it does that. It's also heat protectant. So most heat protectants are full of man-made alcohols. Man-made alcohols are drying. What are we trying to stay away from? Dryness. Exactly. So it's totally counterproductive because they coat your hair with like a barrier to protect it from the heat, but then it's infused with all these drying alcohols, which dries it out after you've used the heat. So it's totally a waste of time, right? This doesn't have any of that in there. So it protects your hair from the heat and it doesn't have any drying alcohols. And then it is a um, styling cream. So whatever style you want to do, whether you want to put your hair in a chignon like I have, or if you want to um, put your hair in a bun, or you want to curl it or twist it or whatever you want to do, just wear it and go. This is going to enhance your curl pattern and it's going to moisturize it and your hair is going to look amazing. Step three is your finishing oil. So it's a hot oil treatment, it's a finishing oil, it's a frizz fighter, and it's a moisture lock. So what I mean by moisture lock is that it locks in moisture three times as long. No matter what sort of moisturizer you use, the air is going to make it evaporate over time. And so this actually locks in that moisture longer so you can go further without having to re-moisturize your hair. It's in a spray bottle, it looks like? It is a spray bottle, yeah, it comes out um, like a like a little spray, like that. Okay. Um, It's also a frizz fighter. So frizz is a huge issue, um, especially in the summer, right? So um, you've got people walking around like, you know, with their hair kind (laughs) of all all out. And so this eliminates that. Um, Frizz actually is a byproduct of dryness. Um, Surprise, surprise. And so this eliminates that. It's also a hot oil treatment. So it stops the brittleness, stops the breakage. So again, everything you need for your hair is in these three products. Same thing for the the tight curls and coils line. So it's the same three products, it's just formulated differently. And so that's our our claim to fame is creating products that save women time. Now, this system is the best seller, but individually, the step one is the best seller. Even though number two is the one that's used most heavily? Yeah, 
You know, because number one, I think that people, it's, it's the thing that we're most unique. We have a patent on it. No one else can have a product like ours. You know what I mean? There, there's other moisturizers. There's not other moisturizers that do three in one, but this is what we're actually known for. So when people think of Naturalicious, they always think of the clay. You've been listening to Gwen Jamir. After this, she talks to us about how Naturalicious fits into the Detroit landscape. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How long did it take you till you were breaking even with with this so, business? You started out with $32. Yeah. <laughs> so I will say that we've always been profitable. Naturalicious has never been in the red. Thank God. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, we've always been in the black. Now, how much in the black is a different story, but we've always been in the black. Um, but that's also because I hate loans. I hate debt. What little debt we've taken out, I've paid it back immediately. We have no debt on the business right now, um, that sort of thing. I have very intentionally grown the business as the business has told me it needs to grow. So, for example, um, I stayed in my home making the products myself for two and a half years, Be, although I really would have loved to have employees making it for me. But I knew that if I hired employees, then I'm going to feel stressed about money because I got to pay them. And it wasn't until the business told me, you know what, if you don't get employees, you can't grow any further. Mm. That's when I went and got employees and I got a space and that sort of thing. So I think a lot of times people in an ideal world, okay, you have employees, you have a great office space, you have all these things, and they go out and get those things before the business actually needs it. Um, it's more of a nice to have rather than a must have. So I try not to do things until they are a must have. And so I think that's what's kind of kept me from being not profitable. Can you tell us about where we are today? Because I imagine that, that this environment that we're in, Pony Ride, has played a part in helping you grow. Sure. Um, so we're in Pony Ride right now. It's a essentially, think about it like a co-working space, but for makers. So most co-working spaces are like desks and what have you. This is more... Um, of a like grow into it as you need it sort of space. So it we actually started looks like it used to be a warehouse or something like that. I believe it did used to be past. a warehouse and they gutted it and created this space for people who make stuff. We make beauty products, the lip bar makes makeup. We have another company that makes um he's like a sign maker. So this actually my sign right here <laughs> that we're looking at, he made the sign. There's another there's a few apparel companies in here. Mm -hmm. So various types of companies are in this space and being here has allowed me to have employees for one so it's allowed me to kind of step away a little bit from the business because you can afford it because I can afford it um also for a long time when I was first here we've been here maybe a little bit under a year but when we first got here I was still making the products mm. even though I had people bottling and labeling um but it has allowed me to get employees because we can afford it um the rent here is much more affordable than if we were to go get a dedicated like storefront space mm -hmm. or or even our own warehouse 
Um, also, being in this space is really great because there's a lot of collaboration that happens. So like I said, the sign um, maker may, makes all of our signs. Just the knowledge that you get from other companies doing different things, but still being entrepreneurs mm -hmm. is invaluable. And as, a, as an entrepreneur, you tend to work in a silo. So being here kind of allows you to spread out and learn from each other. How does that, for, for you at least, you've, you've lived in Detroit for eight years, I think you said. How does it fit into the sort of larger landscape of Detroit? Do you see this as an entrepreneurial city? Yeah, well, okay. So when I first moved to Detroit, Detroit was at the very kind of towards the end of the auto industry going down. Mm -hmm. And I was recruited out of a graduate school to come and work for Ford and help them build up their reputation in the auto industry. And so when I first moved here, a lot has happened in eight years. When I first moved here, that was kind of what was going on. It was like, oh my goodness, you're moving to Detroit. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for you. You know, that was like the- a boring the, car town was the reputation. Exactly, that was the, the consensus from everyone who found out I was moving to Detroit. But now, I mean, we've got places like Pony Ride. I mean, Detroit's really become, or starting to become a huge entrepreneurial city. I mean, there's people moving here from like Silicon Valley to start their companies here. I mean, Detroit has a low cost of living for the most part. There's a quite a bit of gentrification happening. That's a different story. But people are moving here to start their companies because the city also provides a lot of opportunities for, for new startups. And I really feel like they're trying to turn Detroit into an entrepreneurial hub. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of it. You sell all over the country yes. now. But do you feel like you have a customer base here in Detroit as well? For sure. When I first started out and I was going to the Eastern Market and I was selling there, I would also do lectures and demonstrations at various like workshops that were happening around the city. Um, and so I built a really good customer base here because at the time there was no one else that was really coming here to talk directly to people. And one of the things that I feel like works really well for Naturalicious is that unlike a lot of our uh, competing companies, I am very much engaged with the consumer. Mm -hmm. So it's most of my customers know Gwen in addition to the products. And you know, people do business with people they like, know and trust. And so that's helped us a lot. So when we were first starting out, that's what I would do. And that definitely grew our base a lot. And so now, well, once we got into Whole Foods and we kind of were in there for a little while, customers would know, go to Whole Foods and get our products, which has helped us because they're supporting us in Whole Foods, helped us get into other Whole Foods and other stores. Mm. So when you talk about strategy and growth, um, you are introducing new products occasionally, mm -hmm. uh, maybe regularly, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you are focused on, figuring out how to develop new items that you can sell that, that you would use? Sure, so we didn't actually launch a new product for three and a half years oh, okay so we had the same products all that time I do a lot of like professional development and like training and things like that and the packaging that you see us with now is not the packaging that we had this time last year mm. we went through a whole rebranding of our packaging same products different branding and it opened actually changing the packaging is what opened us up to having all these stores be interested in us, mm. um, to getting into those 2,500 stores. So it was more professional or? Um, it was just more higher end. Sure. Um, before, I mean, it was fine before, there's nothing wrong with it, but it just has a different vibe now. And I unfortunately don't have any here to show you the old packaging, but you're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> so did you do its better. design yourself or did you hire 
Um, luckily, the woman who handles my customer service and my email marketing also kind of moonlights in graphic design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she she and I collaborated with my idea and her actually executing it. Um, but to your point about releasing new products, um, I was going to say we, we launched this new whole, you know, look that we have now. And I also took it a... It looks like, if I can describe it, your aesthetic is kind of, this is like rich lavender yeah. color on a lot of the, on a lot of the bottles. Yep, so all the, we're kind of now known for having like the gold caps. Um, mm-hmm. All of our, our tops and lids are all gold. The packaging is clear, whereas before it was opaque. Um, so you can see what's inside of it. Um, subconsciously, you know, I did a whole lot of like research and studying and found out that in the food industry, um, consumers whether they know it consciously or not, are more drawn to packaging that has some sort of transparency to it. So that's why you see the chips with like, you know, you can see like the top of the bag, you can see the chips inside. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of similarities in the food industry and the beauty industry that a lot of people don't realize. And so we changed our packaging to clear from opaque and changed the caps to be more luxe and that sort of thing. Um, But to your point about the new products. Once we launched this new packaging, I then took a whole class on wholesaling and distribution, that kind of thing, because I was getting into that sort of space and realized that we needed to be launching at least one or two new products a year. Mm -hmm. And so we hadn't had like a slump in sales or anything, but definitely having that new product boosted, you know, the sales of that new product plus our current products because people is a whole new set of customers Someone's who are now finding out about us. Exactly. Go for the others. Yep. So I still find it fun to figure out formulas. So that's fun. It's more like a hobby thing for me. Mm-hmm. So if I find something that I think is awesome and works really well, I'll do like a few focus groups and informal focus groups and then we'll go ahead and launch it. So we launched that one. That did really well. We're probably gonna launch a couple more products around the body care line. And I have some skincare like face products that I'm looking at launching next year. So I don't want you to share your trade secrets necessarily, but but can you tell us a little bit about the process of of designing that new product? Like what what the tinkering and the experimenting involved? Well, it's always about solving a problem first. So there's a lot of, for example, um, shampoos, right? So what's what's going to be different about my shampoo that's actually going to solve a pain that someone's experiencing. So what pain are they having, right? Um, Is the pain that their hair is really dry and they can't find anything to moisturize it? Is the pain that they're taking too long to deal with their hair? You know, what's the pain? And so for me, I have to solve a pain. If I'm not solving a pain, it doesn't make sense for me to do it because then we'll just be one of many. And so with our body butter, it was the fact that women want to have glowing skin, right? We like for our skin to glow and the sun and all that but we also want to be moisturizing so a lot of body butters or body lotions are either too thin or they're too heavy they don't smell like anything and women we're, we're very sensory I mean everybody's sensory but women especially women consumers are very sensory we like things to smell good we'd like things to look good we'd like things to feel good all of that and so there was no nothing on the market that combined all the senses right so if you look at our body butter it has a little bit of shimmer in it so it gives your skin like a really beautiful glow but we're also not tweens right (laughs) so we don't want to be walking around looking like we've got glitter on right Uh (laughs) two it was what's it smell like right so a lot of things they smell very floral or what have you 
but this smells like chocolate. Every woman loves chocolate, right? Who doesn't like chocolate? I think most men do too. Yeah, exactly. So, and men like it on their women, right? right. So, <laughs> and so it smells like chocolate. So it, people say it almost smells like, like you could eat it, right? Mm -hmm. And so you've got... Can you? I mean, you could. It probably wouldn't taste good. All it's right. got natural enough ingredients in it where you, you would wouldn't die. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it probably wouldn't taste like much. Um, and then it's also the other thing is that it's all, it's all natural. There's no chemical in it. So all these things were not in one specific product. So that's the problem that we're solving, having all those things in one. Um, we'll probably, you know, try to work on a body polish or, you know, things to kind of go along with this body butter but it always has to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And so once I figure out the problem that's being solved, I find out if there's enough people with that problem. Cause it can't just be like five people, right? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta have a lot of people with the problem. Find out, confirm that there's enough people with the problem and then get to work and figure out, okay, what do I know of that is extremely moisturizing in the sense of the body butter, right? Um, what's natural but not gonna require a heavy chemical to sustain it on the shelf? You know, and it's just kind of thinking through that. Luckily, I do come from a household where my mother was extremely resourceful and literally she can do anything under the sun. I mean, she can reupholster chairs, hang drywall, <laughs> she can bake pies too, you know, whatever. And so I remember when I was formulating my hairline, I would call her and say, hey mom, you know, what does olive oil do versus argon oil, you know, and most people just think of them being oils, but she has a lot of knowledge in terms of like what it does to the skin, what it does to the hair and all that. And so she's kind of like my consultant in that sense. I hope she gets royalties. She, she gets, she, <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she gets free product. All right. <laughs> for one. Good enough. And, um, you know, whatever else she wants, I pretty much take care of it for her. So, <laughs> hey. And that's it. She gets paid. <laughs> I guess we should probably sign off and let you go, but this has been so fantastic. Can you uh, can you ring the bell for us? Yeah, let's do it. Now when we ring the bell, we always like cheer. So okay, we gotta cheer. we're gonna cheer with you. Okay, ready? Woo! <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk with us about your your work, your business, uh, and everything you do today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. It was our pleasure. Have fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan. If you're looking for some other great listening, I recommend that you check out Slate's Audio Book Club, where Katie Waldman talks with some smart folks about books like Handmaid's Tale, Swing Time, and The Art of War. We'd love to hear your thoughts about working. Our email address is working at slate.com. I read that uh, email address every day, and I try to respond to everything that comes in. You can also listen to past episodes at slate.com slash working. Working is produced and edited by Mickey Capper. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.